So what are some of the points that do solve the problem? Now, let's see maybe if X is one. Caitlin Ogden was a lot of things, but she wasn't particularly explosive. In any sense of the word. She was a sundress of a person. Cute, airy, inoffensive. Now she was quickly becoming the Dalton Twins' number one marijuana customer at Covington High, but it's hardly a reason to pop like a zit. She's spraying all over us. I wasn't close with Caitlin. She was just, you know, a classmate. Someone I sat behind or passed in the halls every day from kindergarten to senior year. We ran in different circles, but lots of people liked her, guys especially. I was gonna ask her to prom. She was so hot. I even narrowed down motel room options to two choices. She was so open-minded. Jed Hayes was particularly crushed. Ah! Oh my god, Tess! Oh my god, what happened? Caitlin exploded. What? Like a bomb? No, like a balloon? What? Oh my god, your shoes. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this episode, it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute all the way back to, I don't even remember what number it was, but 30-something probably. Scales, mermaids are real. <laughs> Miss oh Rainy, Miss Rainy like Walker. Forever. That was a while. That was, yeah, that was Thank a long time ago. <laughs> I still remember it like it was yesterday. Well, we got you a much better movie, I feel, this time. Uh, well, we'll see okay. if you agree. I was gonna, how do we feel? I was like, do we dislike it? Do we like it? Do we love it? spontaneous from 2020 i feel like it came out right as like lockdown started and so it kind of i remember hearing about it when it came out but it seemed like it was all the rage amongst like teenage girls so i was like that's probably not for me so i'm a little late to the party <laughs> and i shouldn't movie existed anyway well we'll try to you really said we'll try to get through it because you'll like you'll speak a little bit and then it's quiet and then you like I see you like go really fast, like it's catching up or something. Yeah, the same thing happened to me. Okay. But I thought it was just my phone, but then again, I was like, I don't know, my phone looks pretty good, like on my side. I was like, I look pretty good, but I, I don't know if it was. So I just didn't say anything because I was like, oh, maybe it's just Zoom. Mm, that sucks. Well, we will do the best we can, I guess. Anywho, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't judge things by their. Well, I mean, this has a terrible movie poster, but I shouldn't judge things by their cover or the fact that it's based on a YA novel, because this movie's really good. It's based on a what novel? YA, young adult. Like, oh, like Hunger really? Games or whatever. Twilight. <laughs> no, but I guess I liked, I also like Warm Bodies a lot, which is also based on a YA novel. But, I, you know, but like The Fault in Our Stars or Words on Bathroom Warm Wall, body. any of that stuff. Warm Bodies is cool, though. I watched it when it was like in theaters. I was like, and nobody else was there. And I was like, okay. I thought it was pretty cool. It is written and directed by a fellow named Brian Duffield, who this is his directorial de debut. And good job there. That's a pretty strong first movie. But he wrote Love and Monsters. He wrote those two babysitter movies on Netflix. He wrote Underwater with 
Kristen Stewart. So he's got a pretty decent uh, writing resume, but this is his first film he directed. His cover letter's legit. And, yeah, I don't know, man. I dug it. I dug it. A lot. I was going to say, if he starts clowning on this movie, I was like, I don't know. It's pretty good, in my opinion. But I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, I mean, there's there's little things here and there that I'm like, I don't know about that. But it is a... <laughs> For real. I will also say, ordinarily, if people listening to the show, it kind of doesn't matter if you watch the movie ahead of time or not. I would say for this one, as I've had to for a couple others over the course of the show, really, for real, watch the movie first. Because we're going to spoil the shit out of it, and there are some genuinely surprising, cool things in this movie that you won't, you shouldn't see coming. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, it's on Paramount Plus, so, yeah, I, if you can... Very not so... I would, I would say check it out before listening. Who are our main stars here? Catherine Langford, who's from 13 Reasons Why and Knives Out and Love, Simon. Ooh, that show okay. Cursed from Netflix. It didn't last very long. She played a grown-up Tony Stark's daughter in a deleted scene from Avengers Endgame. <laughs> she was cut right Dad. out of that movie. <laughs> she played yeah, grown-up Morgan Stark, but they, sounds like they might still use her for something at some point, so. Hey, Bill Holtz. And then, who plays Dylan? Charlie Plummer, who I was unaware of prior to this movie, but I'm sure girls probably know who he is. He was on that Words on Bathroom Walls movie. He's in Boardwalk Empire. He seems like kind of a cutie du, du jour boy that I'm unaware of that girls might know about. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he kind of reminded me of the guy from Twilight. And then the guy from Sweeney Todd. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. Yes, The blonde one. Yeah. I can't think of his name, but when he said Sweeney Todd, I was like, okay. You mean the, in Sweeney Todd, he's like the little boy? Oh, yeah, where he's like pressing on Joanna and like kind yeah, of stalking her. Not while I'm around. Yeah, so this is a nice blending of genres. It's I would say it's a horror movie. I mean, it's a pretty horrific. <laughs> it's certainly gory, but it's also like a teen romance. Rated up. It's very oh, harsh. Comedy, I mean dark comedy, but and I, I I always go for that, and yeah, it's just I'll I'll get into the specifics when we get there, but I feel like it's very very through directing and editing, it uses cinematic language to train us how to watch the movie, and then pulls the rug out from under our legs by switching things up. Yeah. Oh, I was just on pins and needles. I I just had anxiety. <laughs> Because it, I mean, we'll, we'll just get right into the, the basic, the premise of the movie is that uh, that this one school, Covington High School, wherever it happens to be, in undisclosed location, members of the senior class are just exploding. Not like in a fiery, I do maybe take issue that it's called, that spontaneous, like spontaneous combustion, because there's no combustion, there's no fire involved. Spontaneous combustion is where you like burn from the inside out to ashes, they, but they are popping like water balloons and spraying right. blood yes. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, seems, it's like a bad water. It seems to be random. And the movie, the way that it's shot and the way that it's edited, it trains you to feel like you know when to expect it. Like it always seems to happen. It always happens off camera when we're looking at right. someone, probably Catherine Langford, someone's talking and then just poof from the side, you hear the pop and then blood sprays into the, but it always happens sort of off screen. And it ha that happens a bunch of times. So you get, you're like, okay, that's how the movie, that's what this movie is. It trains you to expect that. 
and then later changes it up so that you're shocked again. Like, whoa, that that's not <laughs> that wasn't the rules we've established. So I think it is super effective. Oh yeah, the one part <clears throat> that got me was like the sleeping bag one. I was like, oh look at their sleep, and then just boom, and I was like, <laughs> oh, oh no, it scared me a little bit because I was like, oh my god, it took me by big surprise that one for sure. Well, especially yeah, because the first half of the movie they're all like i said they're all sort of off camera you never actually see a person explode and then the first time you do you're like wait wait no 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 that's not what we're doing here <laughs> you know you weren't expecting we it so this is and not... then the car oh the car one yeah yeah all right so yeah they're sitting in class at this high school mara carlisle that's Catherine langford's character like bends down to tie her shoes and while she's down there there's a popping sound and just blood sprays all over the everyone in the room and she sits back up it's like what did i miss and the girl who was sitting in front of her is just a puddle of clothes and blood so everybody freaks out obviously runs out of the classroom and it's we see a lot of it was this girl caitlin she was super popular and pretty so everybody's kind of shook up about it especially this one kid who <laughs> keeps saying i was gonna ask her to prom not we were going to prom she said oh, yes yeah, but just like, i was, I was going ask to you. ask her She's very. She was very open-minded. All this stuff. She was very open-minded. We are <laughs> twice. So obviously, school is canceled that day. This the that classroom was all brought into the police station and asked a bunch of questions. Mara is not terribly helpful in her questions or in answering <laughs> questions. In fact, the policeman writes Mara Carlyle not helpful on his notes. She's a bit. I, I'm kind of up and down on her character because by by the end I feel like she has had some growth and, and is a, a likable character but she's kind of just a rude teenage asshole for a lot of the movie who you know was unaffected by anything like someone blew up right in front of you and she's still being like snarky about things which is kind of maybe unrealistic or at least not very likable oh um, yeah and she also is the very not not it's not necessarily a manic pixie dream girl but definitely the like Oh, she's not like other girls, girl, you know, <laughs> that you see in movies. I've met girls like her in high school, and they turn out to be not a fan favorite of many. <laughs> but yeah, she knows a lot about movies, and she's, you know, has her own style of dress or whatever, so she's, you know, not like other girls. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Kathleen Langford, so very, very pretty. Yes, I loved her hair. Yeah, I don't. I I'm not good with. I don't know if that's a wig or not. I'm no. I'm no good at spotting those things. <laughs> I don't have good wig dar. I don't yeah. know. They use that bandage, so it makes me think that maybe it's not. Because wouldn't they avoid things with like forehead if they did have a wig? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I... Her parents are played by Piper Perabo and Rob Hubel. Piper Perabo is from Coyote Ugly, and that show Covert Affairs. Rob Hubel's like a comedian guy who's he's been in a ton of stuff. But playing it pretty oh, okay. straight in here. Not, I mean, he has a couple funny lines here and there, but definitely not goofy. Definitely has some dramatic stuff to do. So they're both good. Right. They're, I suppose they're realistically normal parents. Like, they don't try to draw their attention towards themselves in the movie. No, I feel like they are very good parents <laughs> this movie. I think they deal with the situation as best they can. An insane situation. And obviously this oh. movie is also... Uh, there, I th there's probably a lot of people who think that it's like a COVID metaphor, but it's not because it actually... Even though it came out right as COVID was happening, it was obviously made way before that was even a thing. So 
I guess you can read that into it if you want to, but it's obviously more of a school shooting metaphor. Oh, yeah, because they even said themselves, they're like, oh, we thought it was the shooter and people just exploding and dying out of the blue in random places. It kind of can happen anywhere. So I suppose I, I do feel that how they felt. And, did, and the idea that, like, at 17, you're about to graduate, you should have your whole life ahead of you, and you, you instead you have to live in constant fear that you could just be sitting in school one day and erupt into a puddle of blood, you know, because someone shot you or because you're exploding, whatever. So the metaphor yeah. is there, but it's not always rough. It's not super heavy-handed about it, so. No, it's a delightful film if you're not a child. <laughs> yeah, not, not for children, definitely. I will say, this might be the only movie I've ever seen that is very directly like, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> In a way that I'm very... It's deliberately... It really... Oh, sorry. I was like, true, bro. It It is. Because I didn't expect it, which you're probably going to say. Um, I didn't expect it to be that vocal, specifically drawn to hating the orange man. And I think a lot of movies avoid it a, because they don't want to, you know, instantly turn off some of their audience or to whatever, you know, pick a side, whatever. But also, I do feel like the downside to it is that also it immediately dates your movie to a time and place where you watch oh, it and you're yeah. like, oh, well, that came out in 2020. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, you know, but I, yeah, I didn't mind it. But I got to give it to them that they actually had the balls to be like, this is what we think. This is our statement. If you don't like it, then don't watch the movie. Yeah, there's a couple different, yeah, there's kind of a line at the end, very, very end, and then, but there's a scene where it's kind of a flashback thing where the coach or whatever is like, what are you wearing? And Mara's dressed all in black like she's at a funeral, and she's like, I'm in, or because it's the day after the election, and she's like, I'm in mourning. So that's a very, like, oh, wow, okay. You just you don't see movies, like, very directly talk about that, I guess. But at least not that I've seen. Maybe there are some, but. So at home, that night or the next day or whatever because who i don't know how long school's closed for because this kid blew up but <laughs> mara sitting at home on her bed she gets a text from an unknown someone that says just so you know i've had a crush on you for like two years and she's like okay wow all right who is this you know please don't send me any dick pics and he sends a picture of richard nixon he sent Rich richard pics which she finds very funny and so the conversation kind of continues I think it was very clever, yeah. It's an alright way to in this day and age to approach uh, an unsolicited conversation with a girl, <laughs> I guess, maybe. So they're at Caitlin's funeral, and we have a scene of... I get why they did it, but it's a little silly to me, where they see her dad... On the back of the minivan, they have, like, the family stickers of, like, you know, the little cartoony mom, dad, big kid, little kid, dog, or whatever. And he's peeling one of them off for the kid that's dead daughter which i get that you needed the other characters to see that so they could have a conversation about it but at the same time like bro wait till you get home to do that you park you park the car in the garage you send the wife and the other kid into the house and you solemnly do that by yourself where no one can see you you don't just do that in full view of everyone at the funeral that's crazy it reminds me of like a game show of like oh you've been casted off the island like abby lee miller ripping down those things on the pyramid <laughs> I was like, bro, what? Too soon, too soon. Yeah, at least get home for the funeral. Put the put the hot dish that people gave you in the fridge and, you know. But I guess it was super important that he <laughs> showed, to, showed to the world that this child is no longer with us. 
<laughs> Mara has a best friend, Tess. They've been best friends since they were tiny little children, and they have a plan to grow old together, smoking a hookah on the beach, because they saw two old ladies do that once, and it seems like the dream way to be for them. So they're sitting in a diner. The American dream. Mara has decided if ever there was a time to start doing drugs, now is the time. <laughs> She's gotten a bunch of shrooms, and she puts them all into her cup of tea at the diner, or coffee, or whatever it is, which is a bad idea, but... <laughs> And then this, yeah, this boy Dylan approaches and starts talking to them. And she's like, oh, shit, you're Richard. You're the Richard Picks guy. You're the guy who's had a crush on me. You know, so he sits down. They start, you know, they have a bit of a conversation. And she's like, you should come to the girl's bathroom with me. And he's like, all right. <laughs> Tess is like, no, she just wants you to hold her hair because she just ate a shit ton of mushrooms. And she's going to be puking for the next while. So nice boy that he is. And then he's just like, all right, I got it. I, I can do that. Yeah, he's a nice boy. He's going to hold this girl's hair. But, I mean, he's got a crush on her, so what are you going to do? Tell her no. But she's, yeah, she's puking her guts out in the bathroom. She's puking her guts out all night everywhere they go because it keeps cutting to they're at a new place. They're out in the parking lot. Then they're sitting in front of her house, and she's puking. Everywhere they go, she's puking. But she starts seeing, because she's super high on shrooms, instead of, like, she's talking to him, and she sees a bunch of him in the background doing stuff, like walking by or leaning against the car. Or so so she's, seeing, she's seeing a bunch of Dylans at once. Uh, they have a conversation about his dad died not too long ago. And I guess there's a the rumor going around school, because his dad was a farmer, was that he was crushed to death by a pile of manure. But he tells me that was not that's not true. He just had a heart attack, you know. Dang. He it's like does. the worst rumor ever. <laughs> Yeah. He asks her if she will go to the homecoming game with him. Not the dance. Maybe I don't know, maybe they don't have one. The homecoming game. Maybe the dance was cancelled. But the homecoming game, she tries to think of a reason to say no, but she can't. <laughs> because she doesn't really have a reason to say no. So they're gonna do that. It's also Halloween at Homecoming is like the same time. Is it? I mean in this movie it is. <laughs> Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know. I don't remember high school. Well, maybe it was. No, I don't even know anymore. It was too long ago for me. I don't know. It's in the fall. It's probably not too far off. But she has come to school dressed as Carrie from the movie Carrie. She's in like a prom dress, but with no blood on it. He still guesses what it is, but he's like, oh, you didn't do You didn't do the blood? And she's like, no, it seemed like super inappropriate right now. Caitlin ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> sitting right next to some kids who are like staring at the short Caitlin Locker shrine and she's like no I didn't mean ah fuck because <laughs> it would have been weird to wear be covered in blood as your costume very fitting he's dressed as a Quaker Oats man because they're the they're, they're the coming in high school is the Quakers is their team Tess is dressed as well, oh, a witch and uh, Mara asks Dylan for like a timeline of, okay so tell me about this crush like how long has this been going on give me the deets so he lays out like the timeline where he's sort of talking in he's speaking directly to us as the audience and it's going back and showing scenes of like his first day at the new school when he introduced himself and she like hissed at him <laughs> he was like that's a pretty good first impression and when they a number of other things that they saw the day that Caitlin exploded and she was carrying Caitlin's backpack out along with her own and he took it from her it's like I got this for you so she could like walk off, wander off and go home when uh, they were at they were all in gray sweats at the police station and because they the police took everyone's clothes for evidence <laughs> there's a good part where the cops like 
taken her blood her because her shoes were coated with blood and the cop right. takes it to put in an evidence bag and then she's like am i gonna get those back and the cop's like do you want them back <laughs> they're coated with covered with blood i was oh if those are converse converse are like 60 bucks nowadays you better bet your bestie i'm gonna try to get my shoes back yeah i don't know if you're ever gonna get that out though <laughs> but that's character but yeah when they were at the, at the police station and she said something about like oh they're wondering when if this is going to happen again or when it's going to happen again and to him that was like oh i need to like yo it's yolo time i need to you know no right. more hesitation i need to i was saving up for a car i'm just going to go buy one i was i'm crushing on this girl and i'm just going to tell her cuz yeah i could explode tomorrow maybe so which is kind of the theme of the whole movie is a real the world is a dark and scary place right. while also beautiful to so live every day because you don't know so they're at the homecoming game and there's a bit about because there's three football players we love and cox and there's a point at some point during the game they will always be standing in the right way so that the back of the jersey say we love cox and she's waiting for that moment so she can take a picture of it and they're sort of talking and you hear that explodey pop sound and the crowd starts screaming and then they look and there's just a bloody puddle where love the middle guy whatever the football player is just a puddle where he used to be so everybody runs out of there school is canceled dylan shows up at her house in the ice cream truck he has bought because it was cheap Classy. he needed the car and he's like why not people will think it's funny i'm just <laughs> like i'm just gonna buy it i'm not waiting around so he has that they go to there's some kind of so school's canceled but there's still some kind of party where everybody's kind oh, of yeah. the jocks are all well there's also the <laughs> assembly at school where they're like like the memorial for this football player who blew up and the other jocks are like yeah he came out to us in sixth grade and it didn't matter because he was our bro the football players are real over the top kind of like he was our bro everything's for our bros quakers 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 <laughs> but also like non-prejudiced and good like so that's good they said we're progressive yeah because we're like, progressive okay. like that it's <laughs> pretty funny but there's more of that going on at the party and dylan mara go outside for a walk he tells her a story about when like right after his dad died he would just go out to the barn and listen to bon jovi by himself and like dance by himself and cry <laughs> she's like that's the saddest thing i've ever heard and two people have blown up in the last week like <laughs> yeah it's pretty sad sounding but it'll come back up sort of and they have their first kiss but she he's a little too shy she initiates for sure she's like i really want to kiss you man and he's like all right because <laughs> he's, he's a shy boy and then from in the house while they're kissing you hear another pop and people start screaming and running in the house and they run in and there's a just one wall is just coated in blood and it was some it was just some girl there's gonna be a lot of people that blow up that we never really learn their name or anything so it's fine but they show that it was the one it was the one asian girl or whatever so now it's happened three times the fbi shows up it's special agent rosetti she's talking to the mara and tess in the office and they're asking her like why do you think this is happening we don't know but we're, gonna, we're you know we're gonna we're hoping to find out but we're gonna check out everything could it be alcohol could it be drugs could it be this or that so she sends mara on a mission to like you know i don't know who the drug dealers in town are but you do it's these dalton twins i want you to go basically her mission is to go to them and buy their entire drug supply 
on behalf of the U.S. government. Like, here's a blank check. Go buy all of their drugs. Bring them back to us so we can test them and see if that's what's causing this. Side note, do you think that, like, after the first pop, the FBI's like, no, that's good. And, like, the second one, they're like, ah, we'll think about it. And then the third time, they're like, ah, I guess we'll go. Or do you think they're like, they heard these and they're like, okay, let's go on our way. Like, they were on their way. Or do you think they're just like, eh, they just exploded? Well, the first time is a freak accident. You know, it's one of those things you hear about on Unsolved Mysteries that's like, oh, wow, that's a thing that happened. And it was never explained. But it's probably an isolated incident. But then, yeah, then by the third one, it's like, oh, no, shit, this is like, something's going on for sure. Because it is localized to this one high school. It's not like it's happening all over the world. Oh, true, yeah. So, but who knows if it's going to spread. So we need to nip this in the bud and see if we can figure Mm -hmm, it out. Yeah. So Mara goes to the Dalton twins to buy all of their drugs. They're like, well, we don't keep our stash here. So let's drive to where we hide it. And they're driving. They're talking in the car. And the male half of the twins who is driving pops. And the inside of the car is completely coated in blood. They can't see out the windshield because... The windshield is covered in blood. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. And again, it, it happens. Something else, and the just the way like it's the right word to say popped, but it's so fucked to say like, oh, when they pop on a, like a pimple or something. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's just it's it, the wording is perfect, but also disturbing. <laughs> well, because it's not an explosion. There's no fire. There's no like a bubble. Yeah, they just burst like a balloon. <laughs> Just and there's not much of their flesh left. There's not much no. of their even like their. It's not like they leave like a skeleton behind. They really don't leave much of anything behind at all except blood. So I don't know. <laughs> In their material, like clothes. Yeah, their clothes and stuff that they were wearing. But so the sister, who's you know, so the sister's freaking out. Her brother just blew up right in front of her. But again, we didn't see it. We were focused on Mara in the back. It was cutting between, while they're having a conversation, it's cutting back and forth between the front seat and the back seat. It cuts to the back seat when Mara's talking, and then boom, it happens, and they're covered in blood. So again, we still we have yet to see it actually happen in real time. That will change. <laughs> but, so the sister jumps into the driver's seat. She's trying to get control of the car, and his, like, shoes are in the way of the pedals, so she has to, like, kick them out of the way. Mara's trying to wipe blood off the inside of the windshield because the, the wipers aren't working because the blood's on the outside. And Mara's trying to move the shoes out of the way, and then the sister pops too, douches her in more blood, and then the car runs off the road and flips over, and we don't know what's going on. Dylan pulls up, because she had been texting with Dylan, kind of telling her like where they were headed. Dylan pulls up in the ice cream truck, just sees the wrecked car, and assumes the worst, because you go over to the upside-down car, and there's just pools of blood inside with no bodies, so... But he does see sort of bloody handprint and footprint leading off into the woods. So he follows them down to like the creek or the whatever. And Mara is trying to wash herself off. And he's like, yeah, he's just hugging her. He's like, oh, I thought, you know, I thought it was you. I thought you died. And he's crying and like, he's, he's, he's a sweet boy. Mm-hmm. But her, I mean, she's always going to have a bit of edge and attitude to her. But I think her sort of aloofness about the events has is going away now because it is now happened it literally happened in her face so yeah. she probably doesn't have that <laughs> right to be like okay yeah she doesn't have that detached distance from it that she can be ironic about it it's like oh no this is this isn't just some kid these were people in the car with me <laughs> and also obviously this isn't stopping it's still going to keep happening and it could be me next you know so but they're in the woods 
or they're in the creek, they're, or they're getting out of the creek, and uh, some guys in, like, not spacesuits, but, like, hazmat suits come out of the woods and grab them. It's the CDC has been called in and basically, basically kidnaps them and takes them off to some facility where they're going to be tested and studied because we got to figure out what this is. It's all the kids from that senior class are in this, yeah, and they're each in their own little plastic tent, whatever. Oh, they do an E.T. bit where <laughs> there's the scene in E.T. where Elliot and E.T. are at the hospital, or have also been kidnapped by the <laughs> whatever, the government, and they're trying to touch fingers through the E.T., Elliot, E.T., and she's doing it louder and louder. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I'll make a confession here on the pod. You've never seen E.T.? I am, I am terrified of E.T. I cannot handle it. I can't, I can't look at him. I can't hear him. It messes me up. <laughs> Completely. You're actually not the first person I've heard say that. Do it. He's weird. Nightmares where he's walking towards me and I just straight deck him in the face because I cannot handle it. I can't even handle the idea. Yeah, his weird little naked body and his big head long neck. Oh, oh God, I don't like... I hate it. God. (laughs) We don't have to talk about E.T. anymore. But they have a conversation through the... Yeah, he's he's very wrinkly. They have a conversation through the tent, Mara and Dylan... (laughs) Where basically he, it's revealed that he's a virgin, and she's like, okay, whatever. And then she's like, don't you want to, like, are you going to ask me if I'm a virgin? He's like, no, I don't really care. Like, as long as you don't sleep with anybody while you're my girlfriend. And she's like, am I your girlfriend? <laughs> he's like, are you? <laughs> am I? Are you? And they kind of go back and forth. Yeah, if you want to be. And she's like, yeah, that would be fine. <laughs> I'm trying to play it cool, but it's on now. That's very realistic how uh, real life relationships go because I've seen people do that. I'm like, well, are you guys dating? They're like, well, well I don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> They're like, oh, we didn't ask each other. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> it's better than like some makeup sappy story about how he got like an airplane and rode up in the sky <laughs> or bought a carrot, had a big sign. Or we're in quarantine by the CDC. Real- <laughs> or realistic. There's a government guy there who comes in with a PowerPoint. This- Chilly, this silly little cartoon PowerPoint of like, with like cartoon people popping in, but into like bubbles instead of blood. It's very goofy. But he's, you know, we're here to, you know, we want to help you figure this out so you can live the lives you deserve. And you're in our thoughts and prayers. And they're like, oh God, shut up. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> That's not helpful. Thanks. They can, they can do a whole lot with your thoughts and prayers, my guy. And then we of We Love Cox, the uh, the African-American football player, he's in the back, and he's like, no, this is bullshit, we don't, you know, that's not going to help us, we need, we'll do, we'll figure this out ourselves, together, Quakers, Quakers, and it's the first time we kind of see someone explode on screen, because we're, we're seeing him, he's sort of leading this cheer, and then we cut to, like, behind them through the, through the uh, plastic wall or whatever, the tent, and we see he explodes all over the wall. So it's starting to trip us up because we weren't expecting that one i mean yeah kind of was because it's like anytime somebody's giving a rousing speech you know like samuel jackson in deep blue sea something bad's gonna happen to him but you're not used to seeing it we're expecting it to cut back to someone else's face and then he explodes off screen but it doesn't happen this time so we're like oh shit that was a surprise and then we have a montage of them testing out different versions of this pill that they're working on that's supposed to you know help also there's random people just popping. Yeah, the one girl pops just like everybody's laying down to sleep and in her sleeping bag just pops and the girl next to her starts screaming like just the pop, just the sleeping bag kind of just like poof for a second. So that one's pretty cool. That's messed up. 
but we're back to yeah so that kind of happens off screen we didn't really see it they're sitting playing cards playing poker or whatever and the one guy Corey, who when the police or when the cdc was like okay what's your name Corey? what's your last name Corey wants his lawyer <laughs> he's very he's that guy but they're sitting playing cards and whoever was sitting next to him pops because he gets coated in blood and he throws the cards down he's mad about it <laughs> but these are all people we don't really even know their names you know there's the one goth girl who's like they're like oh did you know caitlin yeah she was pretty i'd tap that <laughs> oh did you know What's his name, the football player? Yeah, he was hot. I'd tap that too. <laughs> but she's she's just like, I don't know, she's like sort of goth girl. But I don't know if we even know her Have name. <laughs> and I assume she pops at some point, but I don't know if we ever really acknowledge it or see it. Because it starts happening I don't know. so randomly. There's also all the parents of these kids who have been quarantined by the CDC are just standing outside, like behind barricades. And whenever we get, part of the montage is whenever a kid pops we see the cdc people come out and telling their parents and we see the parents start crying and breaking down you know so these parents are just waiting outside to hear the news of like is today the day my kid popped <laughs> oh bad feeling when you see that person coming towards you like you probably want it to be like oh they're coming to the person next to me but then they come towards you like oh i could not imagine that that'd be so heartbreaking yeah and also feeling good like it feels it would feel shitty to feel good that they're not talking to you like, you're sitting there like, oh, God, please not us, please not us, please not us. And they go to the person next to you, and you're like, whew, thank God it's not, you know? Yeah. That must feel terrible. Yeah. There's no win in this game. No, there's no win. But through testing and all this stuff, all these different colored pills, they think they have figured out some, enough time has gone by since somebody popped. They think they have figured out. They call it the snooze button. It's just a pill. It's not a cure by any means. But it's stopping or slowing down whatever is whatever reaction is happening that there it's been a while since anybody popped. So I think it's fifty-six days at one point they say. So they give all the kids bottles of this stuff to take home. It's Christmas time, you're free to go. And we'll continue monitoring and stuff. But we think we got this figured out. So they all get to go. There's no Christmas decorations up in town because the town's like, you know. <laughs> it's too sad too sad for christmas but mara's parents have gotten a christmas tree and she's very excited about it and this is a cool scene because dad comes over and he's got like a little what like a vape but like a marijuana vape and he hands it to her and she's like well uh, what are you doing this ma <laughs> marijuana cigarette yeah it's like a yeah like a vape thing i don't know what you call them it's like a vape thing but not for vape juice or whatever but she's like this, this feels like a trap and they're like, come on, we know, like, we know you smoke weed, you're terrible at hiding it. <laughs> and we did see her sort of in her room earlier, just out the window, like, Phew. but, and then dad takes a big pull of it and blows it out. And she's like, whoa, what's going on? This is my dad. She's like, just let him be cool dad for a minute, will you please? Sweet people, I don't mean to call him out here on the pod, but most of the time, you can't hide it. The smell is very distinct. Like, you get, <laughs> unless you have a pet skunk. Yeah. Um... You be smoking that marijuana, my guy. Yeah. But so she's, yeah, so she's seeing a different side of her parents who are obviously, and they didn't seem terribly strict before, but they're obviously loosening up like, look, we've all just been through some shit. The shit might not be over. We're just all, we can all just smoke weed in the house. It doesn't matter. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> There's bigger things to worry about. It's Christmas. You just were released from CDC quarantine and you're alive and that's good enough. You've earned some weed. Um, <laughs> Congrats. 
Dylan has come over to her house. He's like, oh, this is the first time I've ever been in a girl's room before. And she's like, I have a, I have a present for you. And he's like, I didn't get you anything. What is it? And she says, it's my body. <laughs> you can have it. He's like, okay. I <laughs> wasn't expecting that. They have <laughs> sex. And there's a bit about where he's like, the whole time I was just thinking, please don't explode on her. Please don't explode on her, which is a double entendre. And, you know, but also like... A legitimate fear of like, oh, I'm finally getting, I'm getting so excited. I'm finally, you know, I I had the crush on her. I'm in love with this girl. We're having sex for the first time. And then I like pop all over and die on top. Like, yeah, that would be, that would be a legitimate fear. I feel like, but what a way to go. Awkward that would be if he, cause like she would be all naked and then she'd be covered in blood. And then you'd be like, oh, we were kind of doing the thing. And he exploded on me literally and, um, sexually so there's that (laughs) literally and figuratively yeah you would have to explain to both sets of parents (laughs) but at this point i mean i think your parents would be like yeah we get it kid go have sex it's fine (laughs) you can smoke weed in the house here's a drink go have some sex it's fine you're 17 everyone's dying go for it well her parents do have a limit we'll find out but so the seniors go back basically They've sent the juniors and the freshmen off to some other school away from, because it's only, still, it's only been the seniors, the 17-year-olds this has been happening to. So the seven, the seniors have the school all to themselves. They've been sent back to school, which Mara's very upset, you know, no, why? Why do we have to go to school? But you do. Some people sort of have a theory of like, oh, if we can just get, get to graduation, we'll be safe. I don't know why you would think that. There's no scientific basis to think that, but maybe just... I don't know. They have to tell themselves something. <laughs> For real, I was like, "Why would you think that?" I was like, "What? What kind of distinction of like people's bodies exploding relates to this thing that happens like any other day? You just get a piece of paper." Yeah, because it's not like it's only happened at the school. It also happened at someone's house and in the car. So, and that guy Cole, who wanted his lawyer, is sitting in class in like body armor and like goggles and a helmet, <laughs> like in case somebody explodes. He wants, like, protection from it, I guess. But he's the only one dressed that way, so he's... <laughs> and they have... Yeah, they have a new teacher who's like, look, this isn't the first time I've seen somebody explode. I was in Afghanistan and Iraq, and my buddy stepped on a landmine right in front of me, and he was just... He was there, and then he was gone. So, you know, I can't promise you this is over, but I can... What I will promise you, I'm going to help you graduate. And then that cold kid in the armor's like, can I have a bathroom pass? <laughs> and the teacher's just like, just go, man. Just go. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Agent Rossetti's still hanging around. She still has an office in the school, and the girls are like, if you think this is over, why are you still here? And she's like, like, anybody could take our blood and check our vitals, which they're doing every day. Why do you have to be here if you think it's over? And she's like, hey, man, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I hope it is, but, you know, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Then Mara takes for Valentine's Day. So we do have a sense of time of how much, because it was Christmas when they got out, now it's Valentine's Day, so they've been a couple for at least a couple months now it's not like this is a week later or whatever and yeah on the board they're keeping track of how many days till graduation like 57 how many days since the last incident 56 so they've gone almost two months or whatever without anybody dying we might have this but for valentine's day mara takes dylan to a barn that she is equipped with like like disco lights and a sound system so that he can She's like, I know this boy who was very sad and, you know, danced by himself in barns. And I thought maybe for Valentine's Day, just he wouldn't have to 
feel like he has to do that alone. He has somebody he can do that with now, and they dance. It's very sweet. Did you did you think that they were gonna one of them was gonna explode at time? That's the thing. I thought there that's, was a possibility. Yes, that's the thing I'm talking about with the cinematic languages. They have set up this expectation for you that it is never fucking safe. This could happen at any time. <laughs> we're used to seeing it happen a certain way. Honest. But you've also once you gave it to us a different way, it was actually on screen, so now we don't know what the fuck to think. And yeah, they're dancing, it's a nice, peaceful thing, and the whole time you're sitting there kind of with your hand like oh oh no oh no no you know like here it comes here it comes and then it doesn't happen and you're like whoo you know yeah so there is this constant right. yeah, was, there's the constant tension for real oh it was bad i was like please just let him dance i was like just let him dance they do they get to dance and then he says they're kind of just talking back and forth and he very quickly says he says i love you and she goes fuck <laughs> and he's like what you can't say that that's not what you say it's pretty funny her reaction to yeah. it but it's important because he's like or she's like no say it again I'll, I'll say it right this time and he's like no i'm not gonna say it i'll save it i'll say it some other time and you can say it right then which is important sadly <laughs> not to get too ahead of ourselves otherwise but we see tess and mara at their favorite diner and the waitress won't come help them they're sitting there waiting to order and the waitress is just like hiding in the back giving them the stink eye from the kitchen because they're like cursed or have the plague or whatever like the waitress is afraid i'm gonna come over to take their order and one of them is gonna explode all over me <laughs> so they can't even get served at their favorite diner they have like the mark of cain on them now that they're just you know that would be messed up you know how messed up that would be I, yeah i think i try to i i can't uh hate on that waitress because i would try to avoid it as much as possible getting blood all over my stuff and living with some ptsd there yeah, I mean, I get where she's coming from, but also, like, they're already ostracized enough without everyone treating them like <laughs> literal and social lepers, you know, so that doesn't feel Could at least gave them, like, a milk or something. Yeah, figure something out. Yeah, so we're at, at school, in the classroom, the CDC doctor lady is there, and she's trying to explain to them, like, oh, hey, look, it's been 57 days or whatever since the last thing, we think... You know, this isn't a cure. Keep taking your pills. Here's how we think it works. And she calls up Cox, the last of the football player guys, because she's trying to explain to them, like, it's like when your com computer crashes for seemingly no reason. Something in the signals has gotten mixed up. And she's attempting to demonstrate with him, like, okay, pat your head, okay, and rub your stomach at the same time. Some people can't do that. Oh, you can do it now. Hop on one foot also. Okay, you got that. So she's trying to get him to a point where, like, which seems dangerous and irresponsible that you're trying to push this kid <laughs> towards what, you know. But he, for the first time, like right in front of us, in full view of the camera, he just explodes all over the blackboard or the whiteboard. And then, and so everybody's kind of big eyes and looking at each other. And then from behind Mara, somebody else explodes, who we don't even see who it is. But just the back of the room is now covered. And then a third kid at the front, like, it's like a chain reaction of boom, 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 three kids explode at once. And so everybody's like, fuck, run. They're running down the hall. This this scene is super intense and super Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just it's a it's uh it's a melee because everyone's just stampeding out of the school. They're trying to get out as they're running through the hall, you'll just see random pop and you know, up ahead in the crowd, there's blood on the ceiling, like so there's just people just popping, popping, popping. Tess gets separated from Dylan and Mara. 
and eventually well what's cool is they get there's like some kids trying to run into this one classroom and right as they get to the door this kid explodes all over the door so they have to like stop and turn around and go back the other way because now they're covered with blood same thing happens at the front door they're like let us because they're kind of locked in they're like let us out let us out and they're all kind of pressing against the front doors and then the kid right at the front explodes so everybody backs up and runs away from those doors to find other exits Mara and Dylan get separated and she's trying to find a way out. Corey runs up in his body armor and stuff and is like, no, this way, you got to go this way. And he's pulling her and they stop to talk and you see him explode inside of his suit. Like you just see the face mask of his thing go and it's covered with blood. And then like his body, because his body was all like wrapped up with duct tape and stuff. So it still has like its form. So this suit that's just full of blood just like falls over onto the floor. (laughs) Like, it's so wild. That was crazy. But so she finds a, a back exit door. She runs outside. And Dylan runs on the corner. He's like, oh, Mark, you know, there you are. I found you. And they're hugging. And it's cutting back and forth. And here's where, this is what I mean. The cinematic language that the movie has done so far has taught us what to expect. And here's where they say, no, fuck you. You'd get to expect nothing. Because it's cutting back and forth between close-ups of Dylan and close-ups of her. And you're thinking... Fuck. <laughs> the way they're doing this, one of them is about to die. But you would, what you're expecting is, because it's, yeah, it's a close-up on Dylan when he's talking, a close-up on her when she's talking, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's on a close-up of Dylan when you hear the pop noise, so you think, oh fuck, Mara exploded. But then the screen turns red, completely red, like blood has flown all over the camera because blood has flown in Mara's face because Dylan has exploded. And we didn't see it. But it tricked us, like, because it has taught us to expect if we're looking at Dylan, he's going to get covered with blood. But instead, us looking through sort of Mara's point of view has now been covered with blood because Dylan has exploded. And it's very sad, but so effective because you're sitting there. I was like, no, I was like, oh my gosh. And I thought my screen froze when it it just stood there. And I was like, and I get pressing it. And I was like, oh no, it's just the movie. But I was like, like, can we please keep going? Yeah, it just lets you kind of linger in it for a minute. But yeah, it's just super effective because it lulled you into this false sense of security of feeling like, I know how this is going to work. I know what to expect. And then, no, you did not. And yeah, I just I find it really effective filmmaking that sets this notches above a lot of the YA, you know, young adult novel stuff. Yeah, so we see Mara walking down the street. She was already covered in blood from other people, but now she really, she's super coated in blood from Dylan, but also she has a cut on her own forehead that's pouring blood down her face. Um, And she says, we get sort of a montage of them fixing her up and her in the shower washing off. And she says that a piece of his jawbone hit her forehead. And that's why she had, so she got cut in the forehead by a piece of his jawbone that flew into her face. So for the rest of the movie, pretty much she has this bandage on her forehead. That's fucked up. <laughs> um, it's so messed up. She skips his funeral. We see his funeral. She does not go. She cannot handle it. She skips his funeral. And it's kind of like, I mean, as you would, it's kind of just laying around in bed, watching old videos of him, <laughs> of them like bowling and stuff. She's not talking to her parents. Her dad comes in to talk to her at one point and is like, hey, Dylan's mom called to talk to you. And she just flops off the bed and crawls under the bed where he can't see her anymore. Tess comes to see her and is trying to talk to her through the door. She won't come out. So obviously she's very depressed, naturally. (laughs) There's a great scene where we're seeing her and it's almost like she's doing like a YouTube video or something of like, 
here's how I make my new favorite drink. It's this, this much vodka and this much this. And then you take the whole bottle of fucking grenadine and pour it in so it's just this big red drink that looks like blood. She's like, and that's the new cocktail that I call all my friends and my boyfriend are dead. And she sets it down in front of her dad and he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I don't know how to handle this. All right. You're going to need vodka, dry vermouth, grenadine, and ice. Mix three parts vodka with one part vermouth. Fill with ice and stir before pouring into a martini glass. And then, with the grenadine, you're gonna basically pour the entire fucking bottle into the martini. And now, you have my brand new cocktail, which I've called, All My Friends and Boyfriend Are Dead. Well, I have a, a couple of questions. Oh, okay. Hold on. No, please don't. You can have the next one. Okay. I'm not equipped to deal with this. I know, right? But I've literally found one thing that makes that feel and go away. What is it? Alcohol. Shh. Why are you whispering? Because it's a secret. Because I'm underage. Don't tell anyone, though. He's like, oh, I have questions. And she's like, Sure. He just like, downs it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, don't. Okay. Yeah. She chugs it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm not equipped to deal with this. She's like, I know, right? You know what I found the secret is? <laughs> Alcohol. <laughs> but don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's a secret because I'm underage. And then she gives him this really funny thumbs up. It's a pretty good scene. <laughs> so she's just drunk all the time now. She walks 10 miles to Tessa's house in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, we see her leave her house stumbly in the dead of night. And it's like the next morning when Tessa's going to get on the school bus. Because they don't trust the kids to drive themselves anymore because they might explode while they're driving. So everybody has to get picked up on this bus. So Tessa's getting on the bus and Mara has, yeah, walked to her house. And she's like, what are you doing? You're drunk at like 10 in the morning? And she's like, no, I was drunk last night. I'm still drunk. <laughs> but I walked here because I wanted to see you. And she's like, I can't do this. I can't be what you need me to be right now. I have to graduate and get the fuck out of here. Like, that's my only concern right now. Whatever you're doing, like, it sucks that, like, Dylan was great. It sucks that he is dead. But I can't follow you on the path you are on right now. I have to get done with my shit and get out of here. Ah, fuck you, you know, so they have kind of a, they have a falling out over how they're dealing with, <laughs> you know, this situation. Which, granted, Mara has had it considerably worse than Tess has. I mean, Tess was also quarantined and, you know, saw some people pop, but not quite to the extent that Mara has. Certainly not her boyfriend. Certainly not the two people in the car, you know. So, she's had it bad. We see Mara looking sort of at social media online and there's like a discussion board of like, well, whose fault do you think this is? And there's people saying like, it's got to be Mara, right? She was there for everything. She was in the car with the Dalton twins. She was with Dylan. She was at the party. You know, everywhere she goes is where this happens. So, yeah, she's kind of catching the blame and certainly begins blaming herself. 
We also see some real like Westboro Baptist Church bullshit signs that people are making of like the Covington curse, like these soup, like these fundamentalist people or something that are these. It's the same design and, and font and stuff as like the, you know, God hates fags and those people. But they're out with Covington curse signs. We see her grabbing one and running through the parking lot with it. She's stealing booze. She's just walking into the liquor store and walking out with bottles of booze, but no one will stop her because they're scared of her. <laughs> so she just gets to steal whatever she wants, which is, that's pretty cool, I guess, as far as upsides go. Yeah, I mean, if you have a yeah, might as well just go ahead and do it. I mean, nobody's going to stop you. Don't steal, but also, I mean, who's going to stop you? Yeah, I get, I get where she's coming from. Uh, but she gets outside the liquor store and Rossetti is there and she's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you like this? <laughs> this isn't the way to do it. And she tries to throw Rossetti this bottle of booze and misses and it goes right through the back of Rossetti's car window. And she's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's pretty good. So bad, dude. It was so bad. It sounded so bad. It looked so bad. I didn't expect it to be that bad, but it just shattered the whole window. It was, oh my god, I didn't expect it to be that bad. Which leads to sort of the first argument with her parents that we see, because, yeah, her dad's like, you broke the window of an FBI agent's car? Like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, well, I was drunk. <laughs> and he's like, where are you even getting alcohol from? And she's like, aside from here, I'm stealing it. And they're just, and they're like, <laughs> you can't, like, we're trying to keep this together here. That's why we have all these college applications for you. And she's like, I'm not going to fucking college. Forget it. I'm probably going to die. And her, and, well, and it's yeah, it is a very kind of again. Her parents are awesome, but it's this kind of heartbreaking but great conversation between them, kind of yelling back and forth. Where her, you know, like her mom's like, "I don't look. You don't have to go to college. I don't care what you do. I just want you to be alive." And she gets to the top of the stairs outside yeah. her room and she spins around on them and is like, "Well, you know what? I'm probably gonna die in a bloody explosion, probably all over you. Feel better now?" And the look on. Like, the mom, like, has to, like, turn her back to her daughter and, like, turn around so she won't see her. And Rob Hubel's face, the dad, like, is just, you watch his face, like, contort into, like, this mask of grief. <laughs> like, it's really good performance. Mm -hmm. And then she's just like, ah, fuck, yeah. I, you know, I shouldn't have said that, but now it's done. And she storms off to her room, so. Yeah, they're trying their best to get her through this, and they feel like they're failing. Well, just... I mean, what can you do in a situation like that? People are literally exploding, <sighs> and like her parents are probably trying as they possibly can. And there's no handbook for this kind of thing. <laughs> no, I mean, you also you probably don't want to let her become a raging alcoholic, but <laughs> you know, there's only so much you can That's... do, I guess. Oh yeah. So, it's prom slash graduation night. They've combined the two into one since the seniors missed prom. But it's, so they're just combining. So it's like some people are dressed in like prom dresses, but some are dressed in their graduation gear. So it's this weird mix. But she's, Mara's sitting down out on the swing set outside the school gonna... with a bottle of tequila. Tess comes up and is like, she sends her a listing on her phone of like beach houses. And she's like, look, like we're still best friends. We're always going to be best friends. We had that one fight. But like, I'm going away to college and I wish you would come with me and stop drinking tequila all day. <laughs> like, you know, we lived, we made it. We're, you know. So Mara goes inside, she's laughing at the people, she's like, this is stupid, prom and graduation at the same time, making everybody feel bad that they're trying to enjoy life. She's, it's, she's yeah. 
she spikes the right in front of like the two well, chaperones or whatever. She takes this bottle of tequila and just while making aggressive eye contact with them, just pours the entire bottle into the punch bowl. And they kind of just let her do it. They're kind of looking at her like, mm. but then she takes the punch bowl just for herself. So they're like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> she goes over to the corner and just drinks out of this giant punch bowl full of tequila by herself. It's pretty funny. But then, so yeah, so they're handing out again, diplomas or whatever. And Mara jumps up there and grabs the mic. You know, and she's drunk and she's like, look, I'm sorry, everybody, that I'm cursed and that our friends are all dying. It's because of me. It's my fault. You're right, because I was there for everyone there. You know, I'm sorry that Dylan is dead. And Bruce Springsteen is really good. Dylan taught me that. And like, peace out and drops, <laughs> drops the mic. But as she's, so she grabs her diploma and as she's walking down, this other girl gets up on stage and is like, no, it's not you. It's my fault. You know, because I was a bad, whatever, I wasn't a good enough Christian and Jesus is punishing me. <laughs> and Mara's like, sit down, whore. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> but then this other girl, so yeah. a bunch of people in the room, I notice it's only girls, but a bunch of people in the room start like, no, it's me. I want, like, I wanted to be the top of my class. And I think so mentally, like all my comp, I wished for all my competition to die, which I think is partially... It's probably, they've had months to sit and think, like, is this my fault? It has to be someone's fault, right? Maybe it's my fault. And they genuinely feel guilty about these things. But it's probably also just that need to be the center of attention. Like, oh, Mara just got up there and made a speech, and she's the center of attention. I can't have that. I need to be the center of attention. So I'm going to say I'm the cursed. You know, it's probably a mix of both, I feel like. For sure. That Christian was for sure. Definitely. 100%. So she wanders away from the school, wanders into the graveyard she visits dylan's grave for the first time uh, he has a headstone that he designed himself that says i'll be right here which is a quote from et but it's also funny because he'll be right there because where else is he gonna go it's his grave um <laughs> and she lays down on the grave well she walks up to it and first she says i love you because she didn't she never did before it's the first time she's saying it because he said it to her and she said fuck and didn't say it back and then she never got her chance to say it so that's yeah sad sad so she says it to his grave she lays down on it she's crying and dylan's mom comes up and sort of lays down on the grave next to her and they have a really nice scene together of them just talking about how like like yeah life sucks <laughs> you know and she tells her the story of like uh dylan's mom is like did you hear about that there was a guy in florida and a sinkhole opened under his house and he was just laying in his bed one second and then his he was just in a sinkhole when he was dead because bad shit happens randomly. You can't see it coming. And what can you do? You know? And they have a nice conversation. That, you know, like, I'm sorry I didn't come to the funeral. Would you come over for dinner some night? Yes. You know? So they have a nice, lovely little conversation between these two people who both have lost the same person. And she also says, it's a really, I think, a striking line. Where she's like, the first time I hung out with Dylan, I was super high on shrooms. And I was seeing, like, 20 of him. And now I just want to see one. And I can't. Oh, yeah, I was like, dang. <laughs> That's pretty good. Sad. That's pretty good screenwriting. <laughs> or maybe it's in the, a book originally, who knows. But it's basically the end of the movie. Like, we see her taking her uh, bandage off. She has a scar now that she kind of, like, kisses with her fingers because that's, like, her Dylan mark. You know, <laughs> it's her permanent reminder of this guy. Dylan mark? <laughs> it's a Dylan mark. I don't know. It's where a piece of his jawbone embedded in her head. What do you want? And it, the mark of Cain, it's mark. <laughs> the mark of Dylan, yes. And it kind of just ends. I mean, it's, and she calls out in the movie, she's like, it's kind of anticlimactic, but it just stopped. After a while, the explosions 
months went by and people just stopped popping. We still don't know why it happened. We don't know why it stopped. We don't know what caused it. It just stopped. And everybody went on with their lives. Yeah. I was like, how? And then there's, we see she's going to, she's taking Dylan's ice cream truck, which I guess was left to her. And she's just going to go drive around. Presumably she's going to meet Tess somewhere and they'll, you know. But she says goodbye to her parents. They have mended their fences, obviously. And then the movie ends with a bit of a, for me, a little over the top, long, extended kind of her ranting about, well, ah, life sucks. Fuck it. I'm going to do this and that and one, you know. You only live once. You know, I'll probably meet a couple boys. I might marry a couple of them. I'll probably pop out some kids. No, fuck that. I'm going to be president. And what is it? Donald Trump will look up from his golden coffin and say, who the fuck is this bitch? And I'll say, I'll admit, that's president bitch to you, motherfucker. <laughs> I love that. I'm not making a laugh like that one. But she's going, yeah, and this, you know, things, dinosaurs ceased, went, went, went extinct because a meteor hit in just, like, the worst <laughs> possible place, and sinkholes happened and all this stuff happened, so just, basically, it's, it's a long, kind of over-the-top rant that's basically the gist is, like, yeah, you could die tomorrow, so live every day like it's your last, which is, you know, a good message, slightly, maybe a little heavy-handed and over the top but I, I kind of feel like maybe they just didn't know how to how do we end this movie <laughs> like so i get we'll just do this i guess but overall i really really like this movie so much more than i was expecting it bums me out honestly that i didn't jump on it two years ago when it came out or whatever because i was kind of like eh, pff, that doesn't look like it's for me that looks like it's for high school girls and it is but you know what <laughs> it was also very much for me <laughs> so it was my jam. It was pretty good. I, I have to thank giving me that one because I, I love stuff like that. That's kind of like keeps you thinking. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. I thought it would be, I wanted to make it up to you a little bit for scales because that was <laughs> not, a, not, not a great movie. Interesting and fun to talk about, but not, <laughs> not a fun thing to have to watch. So yeah, I wanted yeah. to make it up to you after all this time. <laughs> Your special <laughs> return to the show by giving you something worth watching. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Yeah, any uh, f final thoughts on it? Oh, okay. I have, like, two things. Please. First, did you think she was going to explode in that car? Like, when she was driving at the end? Or, like, I, during her I big swear, rant? I thought she was going to... Yeah, she was going to be, like, and just explode. I was... Oh, I was going to... I was going to just be in utter shock. It didn't happen, so I was like, okay. It, so I think... a big relief. Yeah, I think it crossed my mind that as a possibility because she's really getting fired up and she's getting louder and louder and talking faster yeah. and faster. And I thought it's just going to turn red and then cut to credits, you know, and then where it's up to us to decide, oh, shit, did she explode or not? You know, but it didn't do that. But yeah, when it when she first started her rant, I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> this might go this way. But it did not. So, yeah, I did that. That did cross my mind. OK. And then the second thing, do you have any uh, theories on what was it? Because um, I have an idea. Or... I would love to hear those. I don't. I don't think it even matters because it's just a metaphor. It's a metaphor for you only live once. It's a metaphor for, I mean, school shootings and COVID and you know anything that right. can. You have these people that are in the prime of their life and they're about to catapult into their future and then to be cut down at that moment is the most tragic. Whatever you know. So live every day, you know. I think it's they die because of a metaphor, is what I think. <laughs> I don't think there's ever any really sort of scientific explanation or mystical. We no. never even touch on any like. Well, they do mention like, could it be a warlock? Do you believe in warlocks? No, you know. So, <laughs> but no, I would love to hear your theory. Maybe you'll turn me around. Maybe like um, I thought it was like 
blood pressure because they were checking their blood pressure but i thought it was because like every time it happened it seemed like something exciting was happening or they got excited of some sort except for maybe the first one maybe she was like internally thinking something exciting like i don't know going to a vacation tomorrow but it was like the football game the party um the like being locked in the cdc thing and he was like you know uh ramp uh ramping up the guys and then the jumping up and down Mm -hmm. rubbing your head stuff so so i thought maybe like they were just exploding because like there was a lot of either like your heart was going too much or pressure or something like that yeah definitely other than caitlin the first one it did seem or well the daltons too were just kind of driving so it kind of yeah i don't know but they were excited because they're like oh we're finally gonna sell our whole stash we're gonna get out of here we're gonna get so so i thought maybe that was it but but then also why is it there's no explanation as to why it's this particular, it's only the seniors at this particular one school, you know, and it doesn't spread. It's not happening everywhere. It's just, so I don't think it, it's one of those things where it doesn't, it kind of doesn't matter what the reason is really, or why it's happening here or cause it's more about, yeah, I think it's more about the characters, more about the metaphor. Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> just roll with the premise and you'll have a good time, you know, which I'm fine with sometimes and it worked for me here. So, and then the- they did say they're like, oh, what if alcohol is the cause for it? And they kind of threw it up. And I was like, and that's when I started thinking, I'm like, maybe there is something. And I thought maybe they would have told us at the end, like, oh, all the seniors got this weird thing in the letter or something like that. I didn't think they were going to tell us like that. But I was like, oh, maybe they imply it somehow. But I was like, you know what? I still like the movie nonetheless. I don't need to know everything. And I'm glad I don't need to know everything because that could ruin. That could either make or break a movie. Yeah, and I think it just, it, I think it ties more, I think it ties into the metaphor more to not know, because it's just like, why does, why do school shootings happen? Why do, you know, why does, why does a kid, why does a random kid just get cancer at 16 and die? You know, like, it's, shit happens that's, you can't really explain, and it's just bad luck or whatever, so. And I think no matter what explanation they gave us, we would have been like, well, that sounds far-fetched. <laughs> you know yeah. so they're better off just not yeah, telling like, us at all yeah like you can make a break that's why i'm like you know what i'm content with the movie as it is yep yep it is that time of the episode where i press yeah, the it... magic button to see what next week's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be pressing the magic button now next week's movie is what the fuck is this train quest uh from 2001 it is on Tubi, Pluto TV, and Amazon Prime Freevee, they call it now, which was just Amazon Prime. It used to be called IMDb TV, but free it's free on Amazon Prime anyway. So Amazon Prime, Tubi, Pluto TV, Train Quest. This appears to be some sort of very cheap-looking family film. What is this? Oh, trains? It says it's from Romania, but it has American actors, so I don't know. <laughs> a fi- well, a fi- 2001, I mean... I- one-year-old child so i i help you a 15 year old model train geeks date with his dream girl suddenly derails when a sinister hobby store owner shrinks and imprisons them in an elaborate unearthly train set so that sounds like shit dang (laughs) well we'll see (laughs) i don't have high hopes for that but that's everyone's homework (laughs) for next week train quest from 2001 on tubi pluto amazon where can people find you, Miss Rainy Walker. Oh, well, I mean, I don't want to plug my Facebook because that's a little weird. 
uh, Instagram, it's rainy3710. And then on Twitter, I don't know my handle by heart, but I'm the only Rainy Walker probably in his friend group. So if you follow him, <laughs> sure. you probably find me somewhere. Yeah, sift through my 1,500 followers and follow Yes. Well, if you're that determined, I got to give it to you anyways. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am, as always, at HeathLambert78. On Twitter, the show is That's So Random P2. The show has an email address, that's a random pod at gmail.com. Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and Slasher. Uh, we're coming into, we got a 101 episodes behind us now. We're moving into the, this is episode 102. Uh, the first 100 episodes, I never spent much time doing the whole, give me a five-star review, rate me high, whatever, you know, but... Maybe I should come in. Maybe I should have a new outlook coming into this this second hundred episodes. So if you like the show, there's Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can leave reviews. Go right ahead. Word of mouth really, really is good too. Just tell your, you know, if you enjoy the show, you have like-minded friends who like this kind of nonsense. Turn them on to this. And that's all the pimping I'll do of myself, I think. Uh, it was great to have you back, Rainy. It's been too long. You were always a, because that was the thing, I was listening back, because the 100 episodes are coming out, I was listening back to the old episodes of the first time, really, since they came out. Um, and I hit that Scales episode and just and had such a good time listening to that. It was fun and funny, and I was like, I, it's been too long. There's no excuse for me not having Rainy on ASAP, because she's a very good guest. And technical difficulties this episode awesome. aside probably cut a lot of your I believe. funny jokes, but okay. <laughs> appreciate your time anyway. My friend, thank you for being here, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Maybe not quite so long uh, again. I'm <laughs> hundred <laughs> episodes later. <laughs> no, but probably, yeah, probably like guys. seventy episodes later or something. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. Anyway, so thank you, thank you to everyone listening, and have a great week. Goodbye.